Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. We are believing God for great things today and tonight. And uh, let's uh, start this evening. We want to continue with uh, this that we have been on. Continue uh, in the truth. And, uh, of course, we ministered on this Sunday morning some. And uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we want to begin and uh, verse 13, uh, the importance of this entire subject is, you know, Jesus made the statement, and we'll get into these verses as we move forward in this series, but Jesus made the statement in John chapter 8, he said that you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Uh, notice what he said was the cause of freedom was knowing the truth, all right, to be, to be, uh, to have this knowledge, this intimate knowledge of the truth. He said that the result of that is that you would be made free. And what you have to, uh, uh, understand as a believer is my focus in any given circumstance or situation is going to determine the outcome. And the Lord said to me one time while I was praying, he said, spend less time trying to convince people of a truth and spend more time convincing them of the truth. Because something can be a truth, it can be going on, it can be real, but the answer is the truth, the truth, the Word of God. And so uh, Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, he said, but evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. And he uses this phrase, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou, or you continue in the truth. All right, th th this is so important. Because he said that evil men, seducers, are going to go from bad to worse. And what they'll be doing is leading people astray. And not only leading people astray, they'll do that because they're led astray themselves. And Paul says the key is continuing in the truth. Well, if I'm going to be strong in the truth, if I'm going to be strong in what the Word of God has said, then there are uh, elements that I have to be walking in. I have to be looking and saying, okay, is that operating in my life? And one of those is found in Proverbs 18. And this is where we want to begin. And uh, we'll be looking at some things from other scriptures. We may get into it tonight. This may have to be a two-parter. But uh, in Proverbs 18, we have looked at this some before and taught on it. But this is so key. In Proverbs 18 and 14, notice what it says. It says, the spirit of a man, 
will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. The Amplified Bible says, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can rise up or who can raise up or bear. Now, this is important because uh, Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, he says that what sustains a person in times of, the King James says, uh, in his infirmity or in his weakness, all right, the Amplified Bible says in bodily pain or trouble, but weakness is, is what I like the best. He says what sustains him, notice, is a strong spirit. What's going to bring him out of that, what's going to strengthen him, is the fact that he has a strong spirit. Now, in order to have a strong spirit, there are elements that I have to be operating in. When you look, for instance, at the, uh, uh, the, sub, the substance of faith, faith is substance, there are elements that make up strong faith, all right? The first one, of course, is adequate word being put in that person's heart. Uh, there are other elements that, are, that lead to strong faith, joy and peace, uh, rejoicing, thanksgiving, all right, we see all of those things, joy and peace and believing. Abraham was not weak in faith, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, rejoicing, all right? Uh, walking in love, faith works by love, uh, forgiveness, these different things. Those all go in to making strong faith, all right? Faith comes by hearing the word, but faith is strengthened by adding these other elements to it, all right? Uh, Pastor Michelle ministered a series one time called The Essentials of Faith, and that a lot of what we're saying was so key in that series. But here's, here's the point that I'm making. So to have a strong spirit, there are things that I have to look at to determine how do I have this strong spirit? Because to continue in the truth, it takes a strong spirit. A spiritually weak man or woman will not continue in the truth. And, the, and that word continue, of course, it means to be there, to stay, to be focused on what the truth says, to remain, to stay to be present. And it requires this strength of spirit to stay with the truth. Because what the enemy is always trying to do is to move you away from truth. Notice what Paul told Timothy. He said they will, they will, the King James says deceiving and being deceived. The word means being led astray and leading others astray. If you're focused and you're continuing in something, it's hard for you to be led astray. Right? I have to be giving my attention to it. But here's the issue. It requires a strength of spirit to stay focused. Because you've got to not, not ignore or deny, but you've got to pay no attention to what may be happening around you 
and keep your focus centered up on the truth. Right? When, uh, for instance, when Peter stepped out of the boat, you know, you'll hear people say, well, you know, Peter was the only one that got out of the boat, so he was the only one in faith. Well, I don't agree 100% with that, but here's, here's what I, I want you to see. Peter and the other disciples are in the boat. They're in the middle of a storm. They're rowing to get to land, and they see Jesus come walking. He was about to pass them by. They see Jesus come walking. They were, they were afraid, thought it was a spirit. And Peter said, Jesus said, it's I, be not afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Now notice, Jesus never asked him to get out of the boat. He was not testing his faith. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Well, what's Jesus going to say? No, it's not me. Well, he can't say that. So he said, it's, hey, come, it's me, come. Well, here's the thing. At that moment, at that moment, whether he was supposed to get out of the boat or not, that word's all he needs. Right? Because Jesus said, it's me, now come. When he got on the water, the Bible says he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I don't know how long he walked, but he's doing something that only one other person has ever done. And that other person was Jesus Christ, right? And it says he walked on the water to go to Jesus, but then it uses this word, but when, but when he saw, now notice, when he saw the wind, and the waves. Now think about this. He's out of the boat walking on the water on the command of Jesus to come to him. Right? And he's doing fine. But at some point, his focus was taken. Right? His focus was taken because he didn't. What is the truth? Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. He said that the words that he spoke were truth. So in that word come that came out of Jesus' mouth was, was the, the, the victory that Peter needed to stay on top of the water, irregardless of the waves or the wind. Now, I've never walked on the water in the middle of a storm. But here's what I know. I've stood fast in faith in the middle of adverse circumstances. And what it required was a continuing in the truth. Staying with the truth. Right? The Lord said to us about yapping dogs. He said, he said, don't, he said, pay no attention to him because the lion's going to roar and they're going to scatter. Well, that could mean the, the present situation in the world, which I believe it has a lot to say about that. 
and, and just things in our life. He said, victory approaches the lion's about to roar. Now think about this for a moment. You stay with what God tells you and everything else becomes peripheral. If I can walk on the water, I can walk on the water in a storm as well as when it's like a sheet of glass. Because it's equally as impossible to walk on the water. If there were no ripples, no waves, no wind, it would have been equally as impossible to step out on the water and walk on it. But when the element of the waves and the wind came in, it produced fear, which became a distraction and moved him off of the truth of what Jesus said. Paul said, Timothy, the key here is to continue in the truth. And continuing in the truth is what's going to produce this strong spirit that will sustain me in times of bodily pain or trouble. But I've got to maintain this stand of truth. Amen. One of the keys to continuing in the truth is keeping my spirit strong. Now, notice in Galatians 6, <coughs> excuse me, this is something that we see Galatians chapter 6 and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, notice this very first one, is love. Then, of course, it goes through the rest of them. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. But notice, the fruit of the Spirit is love. The very first fruit of the reborn human spirit is love. That's the, that's the first fruit listed. It's one of the first fruits that will begin to manifest in a person's life from the spirit. Now here's the key. Proverbs says the strong spirit of a man will sustain him. If my spirit is going to be strong, one of the first things that has to be at the top of the list is that I'm walking in love. That I'm maintaining that love walk in my life. Because right now in the world, what we have to do more than anything is to walk in love. And, and the reason behind that is this. We can tell people not to fear and not to be afraid and not to worry. And we'll deal with that in this series but here's the thing. If I don't have, if I don't have the answer as to how to not fear and how to not worry, then what I'm saying sounds good, but there's no punch to it. Well, the very first thing that Paul says here concerning the, the reborn human spirit is that the first spirit, the first fruit is love, right? Walking in love. Now notice Romans 5, 5. And this is another scripture that we've talked about at times. But it says, verse 3, 
And not only so, we glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation works patience. Now, tribulation is trouble. All right, remember what Proverbs 18 says. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in times of trouble, in his infirmity. Times of trouble, all right? The Amplified Bible says bodily pain or trouble. So we glory in trouble. Doesn't mean we take pleasure in it, all right? But we glory in trouble, knowing that that trouble, that tribulation works patience, all right? Now, notice what it doesn't say. You know, it doesn't say sickness works patience or poverty works patience. It means that challenge, that trouble that may come, that as you apply the word and you apply your faith, you're learning patience, all right? It doesn't say that you're sick throughout it or broke or devastated, all right? That's so key for you to understand. And it says, and patience experience. So when you're patient, what's happening? Experience is coming, right? I'm learning. Hey, I've been through that before. We'll get through this, right? And then notice, patience works experience, and experience works hope. Well, hope is that picture. Hope is that blueprint. And so because I have been patient in past trouble, I have experience, therefore I can pretty much know how it's going to end because I have a picture. I'm going to come out of this. Now, but then it says this, and hope maketh not a shame. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. So there we see the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So that love is always there. It's placed there by the Holy Spirit. I have access to it whenever I am in need of it. All right? When Here's what's so important. Along with your confession of the Word, along with your declaration of the Word of God, Pastor Michelle and I declare things over our lives every day. We declare them over Lily. We declare them over the school. We declare them over our church, over our church members. But here's something that, that is equally as important. Along with my confessions, along with my declarations that are designed to keep me moving in the direction of faith and the direction of, of the work, in order to conquer fear, in order to conquer concern and worry or anxiety or whatever you want to call it, the first thing, the first weapon is this weapon of love. And it has been deposited in my heart by the Holy Ghost, right? So that I can use it whenever I need it. All right? I, I, I go back to this story quite frequently when uh, my pastors, when they were in an automobile accident, and, and long story short, you've heard me tell it, but Sister Jeannie, uh, uh, the, the accident was so violent, it broke her back in three places. And she has told this testimony over and over again. I've heard her say it over and over again. She said that it 
just came to her and she said it. God loves, I love God and God loves me too much, right? For me to be paralyzed and for this back not to be healed. The first thing that came up in her spirit was how much God loved her, right? When you're faced with fear or anxiety or concern about any situation, if I dip into my spirit where the fruit of the spirit is, the very first fruit there is love. And I can access that love and pull it up into my spirit and make the declaration, God loves me too much to let me fail. Right? Now, what am I doing there? I'm continuing in the truth and I'm maintaining a strong spirit. Oh, this is so important. Because we're going to look at this in just a moment. The opposite of fear, or excuse me, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of hate is, the opposite of love is fear. All right? Not love and hate, it's love and fear. Why? Because you only, let let me say it this way. If somebody hates someone, it's because there's an element of fear there. If you hate someone because of their skin color, it's because you fear that person. You fear that race. That, that, that's the element. That, that, that's the element. The Bible says in Hebrews 2, that what kept men in spiritual bondage all their lifetime was the fear of death. The fear of death. But when love in the person of Jesus came and gave his life on the cross and defeated death, love defeated death. Love defeated death. And so, therefore, love defeated the fear of death. And once love came, the fear of death is no longer an issue. Because love is there. Hallelujah. And so the opposite of fear is love. And when you're focused on the love of God, when you're focused on how much God loves you, you cannot be focused on the fear of the circumstance, the fear of the situation, the fear of what might happen, because you're too focused on God's love. And here's the thing. I've got to access that. I've got to access that. Over and over again, I've said to the Lord, Lord, you love me too much to let me fail. You love me too much for me not to succeed. Amen. This is so important. Let's look at the book of 1 John. Hallelujah. And... uh, We'll go over to um, well, I want to go to chapter four, 
and uh, begin here. There's so much. I want to make sure we're, we're going exactly where we need to be. And uh, well, let's start in verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Now think about this for a moment. In the Old Testament, we read over and over again, God is our refuge. God is our fortress. God is our high tower. Uh, it says over and over again, the righteous run therein and are saved. Well, here's what I want you to see. Notice what it says. We have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. So when you're dealing with the love of God and you're focused on what the scripture says about God and his love for you, you are dwelling in that fortress of love. You're dwelling in that refuge of love. All right? When you're dwelling in the love of God and you're pulling up the love of God and you're reminding yourself how much God loves you and you're reminding yourself how much God loves your family and you're reminding yourself how much God loves your nation and how much God loves the people on your street, something begins to happen. And what starts, first of all, is your spirit starts strengthening. Your spirit starts getting stronger because you're now focused more on how much God loves you than you are on the fear that's trying to come into your life. Right? And it says we've known the love. Well, how did you know the love? You know the love of God when you got born again, the things that God has done for you. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. Don't stop believing the love that God has for you because of a circumstance or a situation. Don't stop believing the love that God has for you because of a bad report or because of what so-and-so says may happen or what the doctor may say or what any other avenue of information may try to bring into your life or put in your, in your spirit. You've got to know and believe the love that God has for you. It's not enough to just say, well, I know God loves me. you got to believe the love that God has for you. Amen. Because if you tell people, if you tell some believers, you know, God loves you too much to let you fail. Well, you know, brother, I know God loves me, but no, there's no but. If God loves me and I know God loves me, then what that does is it takes fear completely out of the equation. If you ask a little child, a child who's innocent, a child who is uh, uh, just uh, a young toddler, three, four, five years of age. If you ask them, well, how do you know your daddy's going to get you something for your birthday or Christmas or whatever it may be? They're going to answer number one, because he's my daddy. And, and probably right number two, because he loves me. My daddy loves me. 
And so he's going to get me a present. He's going to bless me. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, because he has set his love upon him. All right. That's talking about the man that is protected, the man that is kept, the man that no evil shall befall him and no plague will come near his dwelling because he has set his love upon him. Let's run over there and look at it. This is so important as it pertains to a strong spirit. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It says in uh, verse 13, you shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shall you trample under feet because he has set his love upon me. That man, because he set his love upon me, I will deliver him. I will set him on high. To set him on high means to set him out of reach. All right, it's like taking something and putting it on a shelf so a child who's just learning to walk can't reach it. You and I are set on high. We are set out of reach of the enemy because why? Because we have set our love up on the Father. We know how much the Father loves us. Amen. I will set him on high because he's known my name. I will answer him. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Why? Because he set his love upon me. How do I set my love upon God? I know God loves me too much to let me fail. Too much. I know this. God loves me that much. When you start talking about the love of God and setting your love upon God, then he sets you up in a high place that puts you out of reach of the enemy. Oh, glory to God. Do you see that? That's why, that's one of the reasons that Jesus could say, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. He has no foothold, no hook, no, 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 uh, 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 holding place in me. How could he say that? Because he knew how much the Father loved him. Glory be to God. Amen. That's why I can tell you unequivocally, you're not going to fail. You're not going to go under. If you know and believe how much God loves you, you are not going to go under. You're not going to fail. You may look at the problem. You may see the trouble. You may see the tribulation. You may see the issues. You may feel the pressure, but you're not going to go under because God loves you. Hallelujah. God loves you. Just think where you came from before you got saved. And God delivered you from that and set you free. He's not going to let you fail now. He's not going to let you fail now. Oh, glory to God. So I am set on high because I've set my love 
upon God. Now, if you look back in 1 John 4 again, hallelujah. Notice what it says, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Notice, there is no fear in love. Now, don't separate verse 18 from verse 16, because it says, we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in God. But perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. So it tells you what perfect love does and why perfect love does it. See, another attribute of a strong spirit It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. Now, you're not going to have love, first of all, and not have joy and peace. You're not going to have joy and peace and not have love. So, John says here, without mentioning the other fruit, He says there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. Why does it cast out fear? Because fear has torment. For love to cast out fear because fear has torment, then that peace has to come in. When I know how much God loves me, there's no torment. There's no sleepless nights. There's no worrisome days. There's no anxious, overriding feelings of failure. Why? Because love is at the core of my being. It's been shed abroad in my heart. And and the love of God is producing the peace of God. Paul said that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he goes on and says that the person that fears is not made perfect in love. Now, we could say it this way. They're not walking in the full measure of love. Hallelujah. Now, it says in verse 3 of chapter 5, 1 John 5, 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Now notice, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now now notice, our faith in what? The context is the love of God. This is the victory that overcomes the world, my faith in God's love. Hallelujah. So, So that overcomes the world. Ever what the world is saying. Ever what the world is is declaring. See, it's not enough to just say, don't you worry. Don't you be worried. Don't even give it a moment's thought. That's in the Word, and we'll teach on that moving forward. But there has to be a foundation of how do I do that? 
I got to know how much God loves me. I have to know how much God cares for me. Hallelujah. I remember when I was just a young boy, maybe, oh, couldn't have been more than seven or eight. And uh, we were, uh, I was with my parents at a revival, uh, a revival meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We'd been there for a number of weeks. And uh, make a long story short, uh, one day in the hotel room, uh, we had a suite there. The, the owners of that hotel had started coming to the meeting and, and, and they'd given my parents a suite. And so we were staying in a suite. And uh, uh, this was back uh, in, the, in the days when uh, they stored all the towels above the toilet. And uh, of course, I was only seven or eight. I couldn't reach them without climbing up on the, the toilet while I was wet from a bath. And long story short, I climbed up on the toilet to get a towel. And when I did, I slipped and fell and broke my arm, my right arm. And uh, uh, of course, you know, it was very evident that it was broken. And we had to go to the hospital. Well, up till that point, I'd never been to the hospital. I, I, I may have been for vaccinations. I didn't remember it. But I had never had a procedure. I had never, uh, pain was something that was not, part of my life whatsoever. Well, we went there. And of course, if you if you've ever had a broken bone or you know about broken bones, uh, uh, of course, the bone is broken. So whether it is what is considered a clean break or uh, a break that's not clean, there's still a certain amount of resetting of that bone. Right. Uh, uh, there, there are times they've got to pull it and then reset it. And so the point is, is my dad was in there with me. And remember, I don't know what's coming. I know my arm hurts. I don't know what's coming. I do remember this. I remember the doctor on this side of me and my dad on this side of me. The doctor here and my dad here. All right, the doctor's here. He's got my arm, my hand like this. And my arm out. I don't know what's about to happen. My dad is standing at my shoulder. Well, the doctor says we got to set this arm. Right? So they pull it. And then I'll still remember what he had to do. He had to take that arm and push. Right? He had it like this. And he's pushing that arm back together. That bone. Oh! Is the worst pain I've experienced in my life up to that point. But here's what I remember. With all the pain going on, you know, the doctor wasn't being mean. But in the midst of all that pain going on, I can still remember my dad standing there beside me with this look on his face of this. If I could be going through that for you, I would. Right? Oh, glory. It was a look of love. And you know what the confidence, you know what confidence that brought to me? That my dad's here and my dad loves me, right? This is not going to last forever. I'm telling you, you got to understand that, that right what you may be facing and what you may be challenged with and what the world may be going through. I know it may be a challenge. It may, it may be a, 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 a hiccup in what 
in your life, but right there in the middle of that challenge, your father, your daddy God is right there with you. And he's saying, I love you. I care about you. You're going to make it. You're going to get through this. Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't be anxious because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart and you're going to make it. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Whoo, glory. This is so important. And when you read on, and, and we don't have time to read all of them, but when you read on, there's other verses in here that are attached to this because love is confidence. The more love that you walk in, the more confident you become. Notice that it says here, we read this in verse 17 of chapter 4, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. And so here's what it means is that even in the day of judgment, even in the day when we stand before the, the judgment seat of Christ to receive our rewards, we're going to have boldness because of this love. Hallelujah. So there is a boldness that love produces. There's a boldness that love brings into your life. Hallelujah. It's, it's the boldness that a child has in the presence of their parent. Because they know that parent loves them. That, that is so key. And the way that I maintain a strong spirit is maintaining my faith and my belief in the love that God has for me. Very often, when we, when we talk about love, when we talk about uh, walking in love, of course, we talk about not being offended and forgiving and these different things, and those are certainly elements of love. But for love to operate the way that it should, it requires my faith in it. It requires my faith in it. When you're looking at situations, I was talking to a friend of mine. Actually, we were texting. And, uh, you know, with some of the things that are going on in the world, people have asked me, well, you know, has the Lord said anything to you about this or that or the other? Well, no, he hasn't. And so I don't know. There's things I don't know. But here's what I do know. God loves me. That's what I do know. That, that, and I'm at peace. Because why? Perfect love casts out fear. So I'm at peace. Think about this. If a thought can bring fear into you, or if a thought produces fear, it's not that you need to quit thinking the thought. It's the environment you think the thought in. Now, there are thoughts we don't need to pay attention to. But think about this for a moment. If a thought about the future tries to bring fear, 
Well, there are things that may happen in the future. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that they would. Right? He said, there are things you're going to hear. There are things that you're going to see. But he said, see to it that you're not troubled. Now, wait a minute. How do I do that? How do I see to it that I'm not troubled? Some people would just give you the, the, the indication that you just, you just man up and you make a decision. No, no, that's part of it. But how do I see to it? How do I be sure? How do I walk in this peace regardless of what I'm seeing? I have to stay rooted and grounded in the love of God. That's the only way I can do it. And so if a thought can bring anxiousness or worry or fear, it's evidence that that area is not governed by love. Not governed by the love of God. Well, what if they do this? And what if they do that? And what if they this? And what if they that? Here's, here's the issue. If those things bring anxiousness, then that's evidence that that's an area in my life that's not governed by love. Because he said, perfect love casts fear out. The Amplified Bible says, turns it out of doors. In other words, when we say, no fear here, what we're saying is we're full of the love of God. So there's no room for fear. When fear knocks, don't answer. Stay in the love of God. Hallelujah. Because the, one of the greatest fears for people is the fear of the unknown. What might happen? What could happen? Well, we just don't know. I've got to roll that over and let it be swallowed up in the love of God. I got one last scripture for you. And I didn't, didn't get through any of my notes. <laughs> so that means there'll be a part four. But uh, Philippians chapter four, verse six, it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now remember John in 1 John, in the context and connected to walking in the love of God and knowing and believing the love of God, said if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know He hears us, we know we have the petitions that we've desired of Him. Well, here He says, don't be anxious or worried or, or careful about anything, but in everything by prayer, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Verse 7, and here's what will happen. The peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Notice that. The Wish Bible says the peace of God that surpasses all power of comprehension. How is it that it passes all power of comprehension? It's not a natural peace. It's the fruit of peace. It's part of your reborn human spirit. So think about that. If you love someone and you know they love you, there are people in my life that I love and that love me. And bottom line is this. If they tell me something, 
That's good enough. If I ask them for something, I know they'll do it. That's, that's the area that all of us, to continue in the truth, to have a strong spirit, that's one of the areas that we have to get to. Paul does not just tell us to not worry. He tells us everything that comes that you would be tempted to worry about, here's what you do. By prayer and petition, present it to God. And here's what will happen. The peace of God will come into your life. Once you know how much God loves you and you believe how much God loves you, when you ask, it's done. Well, pastor, that's faith. And what was that faith born of? How much you know God loves you. I asked him for it. It's done. I believed him for it. It's done. It's mine. I take it. I have it now. I won't fear because I'm full of the love of God and full of the peace of God. Amen. Hallelujah.